Welcome to the North Main Podcast, a production of North Main Street Church of God in Butler, Pennsylvania. This podcast brings you North Main's messages every week. We strive to know God intimately, grow in Christ continually, and go for Him daily. I invite you to listen in today as we explore the Bible and learn about its unchanging truths for living life God's way. Let's listen in to this week's message. Well, good morning. Man, what are you coming after all that? I don't know about you, but uh, woke up this morning, it's raining, it's cold, it's, it's a typical uh, Western Pennsylvania December day, right? Or lately, just a regular day, right? In general, it doesn't matter if it's the summer or the winter. Um, coming in here, it feels so warm, right? It feels so great. The spirit's definitely here. Maybe if you're new, Maybe it just, uh, it feels like a place uh, that, that you're not used to. Maybe you can feel something, maybe you can't, but if you're, a, if you're a person who comes here regularly, you know that there's something going on this morning. It feels good. It feels real good. Um, I'm excited to be here with you. I'm excited to get the chance to speak with you. I'm excited to get to uh, kind of wrap up the decade, right? <laughs> wrap up the decade. That's pretty hard to believe. Coming to a close, starting a new one. Going back into the roaring 20s, it's going to be a good time. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, like things like air conditioning and stuff don't go away. Um, this is going to be a good year. Uh, we had a good year. This, this, uh, this decade, I think, is going to be a good decade. Um, this, because I think that there's something, I've talked to many people, and if, if you're a part of the church um, regularly, if you're bought into the church, you've seen that over the past uh, 10, 20 years, you've seen this decline start to happen. You've seen in, in the United States and in Europe, and you've seen things start to shift and start to break, and you've seen um, probably over the past four or five years, another shift start to happen where we're recognizing it, we're looking at it and we're saying there's a problem and that can be frustrating sometimes. That can be frustrating for people. If you're like me, uh, who likes to jump in and fix things, it can be real frustrating because you see a problem and we don't even really know how to fix it. We're still trying to analyze even what the problem is. Uh, people like Francis Chan are putting out books where they're talking about the church and they're saying, there's something that's inherently broken right now and we don't know how to fix it, we're trying to, but that gives me hope. It gives me hope that we're recognizing and we're seeing. And uh, what's really cool is when we look at where we came from, this past decade's been, it's been one that's, that's pretty rough. It's been a lot of turmoil. We're in a place right now, I mean, it doesn't matter uh, where you are politically right now, uh, nobody's winning. Uh, we have a president going through the impeachment process. It doesn't matter if you're in favor of that or not. It's not good for our nation. It brings division it makes us look bad. We're in a place where, um, where there's just so much division across lines and people don't want to break down those lines. They just want to build them up. They want to break apart. That's what the world is telling us, right? The world is telling us that the answer to the problem is because guess what? What we feel in the church, the world feels too. 
The world feels it and they hunger for it. If you um, listen to any kind of pop music, you know, any kind of popular music, any kind of secular music, any kind of, uh, if you watch movies or television, you can see it. It's woven into the fabric of these things that are being put out by people who aren't Christians. They're longing for things. They're hunger for things. There's something missing and they know it and they're trying to, they keep plugging different things into it. Maybe this will do it. Maybe this will do it. We'll try this. Do they respond? I mean, look at um, things like Pixar, right? We all love Pixar. Pixar is, is trying so desperately in their movies to show children, you know, that how to kind of accept themselves. And they're saying, maybe if we just accept who we are, flaws and all, we'll be okay. And I'm not knocking Pixar. I like Pixar movies. Don't worry. <laughs> um, But it's interesting when you see these things that are being put out by people who are not Christians and they're saying there's something broken. Our children need to know things because they're missing something and I don't know exactly what it is. Let's try to push this in. Let's try to push this in. If they maybe feel a little bit more self-confidence, but then we find out when they feel too much, it becomes a bad thing. We keep plugging things in and we keep trying. And we've seen a place where it's just become so broken and our world is so broken. But I can also tell you that there are parts of our world that are on fire for God. And they're doing things a little bit differently. And it's an interesting time in our culture because we're beginning to have to look. We've been dominant in a lot of things as a nation. We've been dominant in a lot of things as a culture especially within Christianity, we've been dominant. We've been been the ones putting out the Bible studies, putting out um, the theological um, dispositions. We've been the ones that are kind of doing the research and the studies. And all of a sudden we're, we're having to look and saying, man, this is where we've sat for so long and all these other nations that we consider a lot of times third world nations. And we're having to look at them and say, what are they doing differently? Because it's working. And I'll tell you, one of the things that they're doing differently is what we were talking about this past year and what we're going to be talking about in 2020, love and joy. If you go into these places, it's astounding. We focus so hard. Like I said, if you are like me, we get into this rhythm of wanting to fix things. Uh, anytime you go into a relationship, you have to kind of uh, understand how you interact with one another, right? So when me and my wife uh, were engaged, we went to some uh, premarital counseling. We did some stuff to try and figure out how we interacted, how we saw some worldviews, how we would be um, doing things like communication and conflict and different things like that. It was a really good course that we took. And through that, we learned that we processed different situations differently. Uh, One thing, like I said, is I'm a fixer. When there's a problem, when there's a situation, I want to get on it now and it causes me anxiety if I can't. Sometimes even if it's out of my control, right? You know, there might be something like uh, storms coming. Well, what do I do? (laughs) I got to, you know, bolt up the windows. It doesn't matter. There's nothing I can do but I got to do something. It's I'm up and I'm moving around. I'm doing something, right? Um, my wife likes to kind of sit and reflect and she likes to take in the situation before she acts and she likes to kind of like see where she sits in this all and where, where it's going. And that caused us a lot of conflict when we were first 
um, together because I would be like, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. And she's like, wait a second. And then I'd be like, you are driving me insane because I can't fix this because you're taking too long. Um, <laughs> here's the thing is that we had to come to a compromise. We had to learn how we worked to each other. I had to give her space. I had to slow down. It helped me. Um, she didn't get caught up in slowing too far down because I was constantly kind of pushing her. Um, and we worked good as a team in that uh, we were able to, to accomplish a lot of things. In the church, we're supposed to be having a relationship with God. We have to learn how God works. We have to learn how God does problem solving. We have to learn how God does, um, his, his kingdom is built. It's, it, it, there's a really good book where it's called The Upside Down Kingdom, and it's just all about how God's kingdom, the Bible tells us that it's completely upside down from what we think. And maybe that's why right now there's an explosion of faith in these places that look so far removed from us because his kingdom looks nothing like what man builds or what man thinks. Think about this Christmas story that we just came from, right? This Christmas story where this king, this, this God of the universe is born into a manger. It's amazing. It's amazing how differently God works. But if you're like me, and we see all these problems and we see all the things in this world that are happening, we see the things specifically in our country that are happening, we want to fix them. And a lot of times, I don't want to wait on God. I don't want to wait for him. I, I don't even really want to, you know, talk to him because I think I know what he wants, <laughs> right? I'm like, well, listen, I'm just going to make it better for you, okay? And then we'll, we'll talk about it after. Um, that's not how God works, we look through scripture, that's not how God works. We've been talking about how love is always faithful, right? This past month, we've been talking about how love is faithful. And our key point this morning is that faith, faith is perfected through a persistent waiting on the Lord. So it's perfected through a persistent waiting on the Lord, figuring out his timing, figuring out how he wants to handle a situation. And sometimes when we read the Bible, sometimes his timing is so much faster than people can imagine. Think about um, Christ. Think about how he started his ministry when he was 30, and all of a sudden it's done at 33. That is not a good length of time when it talks about ministry, right? And we, we, we look at ministry and we say, man, they've been doing ministry for 30, 40 years, right? Or this ministry has been in place for such a long time. Three-year ministry, we probably look at that and say, well, that was a little bit of a bust, right? I mean, really, if we invested time and energy into a person and they ended up only doing ministry for three years, we might look at that and say, oh, what happened, right? Where did that go? And yet his timing is impeccable, his timing is perfect. And waiting on it is a hard thing. Faith is perfected by persistently waiting on the Lord. We're going to read from Hebrews this morning. We're going to look a little bit at this idea. Um, and we're going to be in Hebrews 12, or Hebrews 11, sorry. Hebrews eleven thirty-two 32 through 40. How much more do I need to say it would take too long to recount the stories of faith of Gideon, 
Baruch, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. If you remember, to give you a little recap, we've been reading through Hebrews and we've been talking about these great people of faith throughout the history of the Bible um, and how God's love is shown through them and how his love is, is um, consistently through them. And even when they mess up, we, what we looked at Noah, we looked at some of these other people that um, the, the writer of Hebrews is talking about this. And here he's actually just is kind of like, hey, I'm running out of time. Uh, so I'm going to list off a couple other great guys and we're going to talk a little bit, but I got to wrap this up. Um, so if it seems a little bit like he's just like listing people off, that's why he's just saying there's so many people that have shown such great faith. And it says by faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire and escaped death by the edge of sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from the dead. One of the interesting things here uh, that I was kind of struggling with when I was trying to prep for this sermon is that this, their weakness was turned into strength. When we think about uh, waiting on the Lord and how this, it perfects our faith, this idea, again, that our faith is not something that is overnight. We can't just decide to, we, we can decide to believe in God, but it doesn't just happen um, that it's perfected by consistently leaning and falling and jumping into his arms. Think about these people that he's listed. Gideon, um, think about, Gideon is a person who didn't necessarily always trust God, but in the end he did, right? In the end we see Samson, right? Samson's not a guy that always trusted God. Think about his story. He's a guy who, um, Whenever he got upset, he went and ripped the town gates off. He killed tons of people because he got upset, because they insulted him. He was not a man that showed patience, and it was not a man who, who waited on the Lord. And yet, in the end of his life, whenever he was broken, whenever he had learned a patience, a humility, he began to understand that God's timing is different than his. So that's the common theme of these people is that God's timing is different than ours. It can be a struggle for us. It can be a struggle for us because we see so much going on. Like I said, closing up this decade, we see so much, there's so much positivity, but there's also so much darkness and we get so bogged down by it. And this should not be a, uh, a thing where we're looking at it and we're so discouraged because we have a God that is so much bigger. But when we look at things, and we think and we measure ourselves against them, we get discouraged. Think about Samson, even with his great power. That's what he was doing. He was looking at situations and he was measuring himself against them. He was saying, I can handle that. I can do that. I can fix that. I can fix this. I can handle anything. And eventually he was broken down and it wasn't until he looked and he said, God, you are the one that has the power. His weakness was turned into strength. It's an amazing, an amazing thing. And when we're looking at this idea of love, what's really important when we're thinking about God's timing, I'm going to kind of jump around in the slides. I know I apologize. But the first point today is that God is love. So when we're trying to read through and we're looking at all these things where, we're, where we even think about Samson and how he was trying to fix things, he was not following what God's plan was. He was not following who God was. Think about me, myself. 
And a lot of times whenever I try to fix, fix things just solely relying on myself, it's not what God wants. Sometimes God can use what I, what I do and, and what I say, and he can shift it, and he can shape it, and he can make it something um, that's amazing. But a lot of times, if I don't include him, if I just go off on my own, it becomes something different. Because here's the thing is that I am not love. I'm a whole bunch of things. There's love in me, but there's also anger, there's fear, there's doubt, there's arrogance, there is joy, there is some patience, not a lot. Um, if you would see me do a project, you'd know. <laughs> it's like one thing goes wrong and the, the wrench is going flying. Um, but here's the thing is that God is love. The Bible tells us that he is love. And so when we have fear, maybe you're hang up with trusting God. Maybe you're hang up with faith, right? Having faith in God, right? Is that I don't know. I don't know what his plan is. I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know what he's going to have me do. I don't know what he's going to have um, this situation play out. Maybe it's not what I want. Maybe it's not where I want to be. But the Bible tells us that God is love. And these people who he's listing off, they recognized it. Even David, think about David, a guy who messed up so much and so consistently. And yet he always was willing to come before God and apologize. Think about that. If someone isn't a good person, it's so much harder to come before them. And, and you're like, man, I should probably apologize, but this person's just gonna, they're gonna rake me over the coals, right? It's gonna be terrible. But then there's some people who you're, you're going and you feel bad apologizing because you genuinely feel bad letting them down. They're good and kind people and you're just like, I, I don't wanna apologize to them because I don't wanna hurt their feelings. I don't wanna hurt them. I feel bad that I did that. That's where David comes in with God. He looks at God and he says, I've messed up but I know that you are love. I know that you love me and I'm so sorry, but I'm so willing to come before you. We jump back into Hebrews here. It says, but others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at, their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prison. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half. And others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All of these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised, for God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. So here's the thing, is as we close out this decade, as we close out this series on love, and we're talking about how love from God and love, us loving God, is such a crucial part. I mean, it's, it's the foundation, the very bedrock of our faith. It's a very, very base layer. And when we look at what they're saying. They're saying that God, following God is not always going to be easy. 
See, I think whenever I read this, this passage, the writer of Hebrews, he's talking about people being tortured. He's talking about people being broken. And I look at that whenever I feel broken or whenever I feel like I've been oppressed. And I think what the writer of Hebrews is trying to say is they're, they're trying to say that even though God is love, doesn't mean it's always gonna be easy. And it doesn't always mean that we can get out of those situations. See, think about, think about these people who were hiding in holes. Like think about uh, these Christians who were facing so much oppression that they were being chained into prison. Think about wanting to fix that situation. Can you imagine the church meeting? Like what would happen here if all of a sudden people started getting arrested? We'd probably get together and we'd say, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna fix this? And yet the writer of Hebrews is saying that we may even think God has abandoned us. We may even think that God has left, and that's where a lot of people, when I talk to Christians today, a lot of them are so bleak and so broken because of what's going on around them and what's going on in the church that they're like, I don't even know if God's here. Let me tell you that he's here, and he is love. He just has a different time scale. He has different timing. He has different plans. We look at it and we say, man, oppression, that, we have to avoid that. We have to avoid pain. And yet pain and oppression is what spread Christianity through the, through the world. In places where pain and oppression are happening are the places where it's on fire. Because God operates in a kingdom that's upside down. Being comfortable is not the same as what God wants being comfortable, the Bible says that we need to be pushed out of our comfort zones, being in a place of, of where you, you feel good and you feel um, totally 100% at peace. That's what we want. That's the American dream, right? If I can get the picket fence, if I can get the house, if I can be in a place where I have total comfort, then I'm set. And yet God is saying, that's not probably how it's going to go if you really want to follow me. Doesn't mean all your possessions are going to be taken away, but it does mean that you're going to be out of your comfort zone. I don't know what that looks like. For some of you, it might be in a place that's some, somewhere that looks totally different from me, right? This right here, you might be thinking, oh, Matt's out of his comfort. This is my comfort zone. This is the place where I feel the most comfortable. Going into other places, talking um, with large, uh, with, with groups like one-on-one, -on -one, doing some of those things, I feel a little uncomfortable there, right? Sometimes I have to go out of that. Sometimes God calls me to do that. God is love, though. God is love. That's what we can remember through all of this, is that his plan and his timing is all based upon that. That's our second point, is that God's timing is perfect. I'm not encouraging you this morning to not act. I just want to encourage you, as you go into this new year, as we go into a new place and a new time where there's going to be um, elections, there's going to be uh, a lot of debate, there's going to be a lot of change. As we go into this, remember that God's timing looks a little bit different than ours, but it's perfect. I'm not telling you, again, let me reiterate, I'm not telling you to be complacent, but I'm telling you to be okay if things aren't going maybe the way you want them to. I'm telling you to focus on the place where God has placed you. I'm telling you to look at what God has told you specifically to do in your life. God did not tell me to be president, so I'm not going to worry about that as much. I'm going to worry about what he's called me to do here and now. 
and I'm gonna lean heavily into him because my place in this plan is perfect. My actions through him because of the timing that he has, has laid out are perfect. He can use all these things. That's our last point is that God's planning is perfect. This is not supposed to be a message that is chastising. It should be, I look at this as something that should be um, almost freeing. We worry so much about fixing the problems when all we really need to do is worry about getting to know God. Over and over and over again. Think about back to Samson. He was trying to fix all these problems. He was a judge amongst the, the nation of Israel. He ruled over God's people. And he was trying to fix things. And it wasn't until he gave up and said, God, hey, whatever you have planned, that what God's plan happened was so much bigger than he could have ever done. He destroyed an entire nation um, through destroying their, their, uh, their rulers. And it was God's power that did it. But he was so caught up, it wasn't until he just said, hey God, I wanna get to know you. Think about all the, he spent years pushing a grindstone. What do you think he was thinking about? Who do you think he was talking to for years by himself? He was leaning into God. That's where we find him at the end of the story. Samson is, is uh, he's been pushing this grindstone for years. He's been enslaved. They've taken his eyes out. So he's blind. They ridicule him. And he just is talking to God amongst it all. And he just says, God, whatever your plan is, just give me strength one more time. Give me strength one more time. I'll do whatever you need me to do because he recognized that it was God's plan. It was God's strength. It was God's timing. So here's what I encourage you to do in this year coming up. We're going to be talking about joy. It's going to be awesome because it's something that we desperately need. Closing up on looking on love, it's a simple idea to sum up that God is love and God's timing is perfect and God's plan is perfect. And if you lean into him, if you foster your relationship with him, you'll begin to understand, just like I began to understand how my wife handled problems and I began to shift my behavior because of that. I began to not push her and I began to give her space. Guess what? When you begin to read your Bible and you begin to, to lean into God and when you begin to uh, become more and more in love with God as he loves you back, you begin to understand and work better with him. You give him space when he needs the space. You give him time when he needs the time and you act when he asks you to act. It all comes in. It all stems from this relationship built on love. And so I want to encourage you is where are you in this relationship? Where are you in your life? Because some of you, I think, are genuinely sitting there. You're saying, man, I try so hard, but I don't seem to get anywhere. I do all these things and I don't seem to get anywhere. No change ever happens. I see so many people who get burned out on Christianity and they say, I don't ever get anywhere. I don't, nothing happens. These people that I pray for, they don't become Christians. When I try to share my faith, it doesn't happen. And they get frustrated and they get burned out. And I just want to tell you that that's not how the Bible works. Think about the disciples even. They were walking around with God, with Christ, and they constantly wanted to try and fix things. 
Peter was like, hey, we're not gonna let you get crucified. His helping, his trying to fix the problem could have, I mean, it never would have happened because God wouldn't have allowed it, but it could have destroyed everything. Allow yourself the peace and the freedom and the joy of just stepping back and saying, God, you got this. Whatever you need. I'm going to worry about getting to know you. I'm going to worry about uh, what my relationship with you looks like and trying to, to be more and more and more like you. Because if everyone in this room does that, then Butler changes. If everyone in this room does that, then Butler changes because we, cannot, we can no longer act the same in our workplaces. We can no longer act the same in our, in our families and in our, in our places where we're having conflict. It doesn't happen the same anymore. It looks different. And that's where I want to encourage you. It's so exciting. For me, like I said, it's just freeing. It's, it's uplifting because I can look at this thing and say, I don't have it. Whenever I try to have it, I get pretty depressed because the world just crushes me. But whenever I take God's hand, all of a sudden, the world's off my shoulders. And when I say, God, listen, this is going to be really hard. I know you're asking me to do something that I'm not comfortable with, but you got it, and I'll do it. And it always ends up great. It's not always easy. It's not always fun, but that's what I want to encourage you. Where are you? Do you trust God? Do you lean into God? Do you get to know God? I believe we can change things. Coming into this, this new year, we can change so much. We just have to rely on God. Let him have it. Will you join me in prayer? Dear God, we just thank you so much. We lift up your name. We get so caught up in the things of this world. We get so caught up in our own plans, in our own desires, in our own wants. And sometimes it's not even bad things. It's just we think we're doing the right thing or we think we can fix it on our own. God, we just, we apologize for that. We apologize because we don't ever want to stand in your way, God. We don't ever want to be a hindrance to you. All we want to do is see your kingdom realized, God, and we know that that can happen. God, in this new year, we give it up to you. Genuinely and fully, we give it to you. We give it to you to shape and shift and do with what you want. God, this year, we're going to find joy in whatever you do. Because whatever you do is going to be so amazing. We can't even imagine it. God, we pray that we are able to stay the course through this year as the changes come that I know are coming, as the big things that happen because you have said that you do big things, as the world begins to shift and shape because of your hands, God, we just pray that we are willing to stay on that narrow path because we're going to be tempted. We're going to be tempted to jump off, God, and we just pray starting out this new year that we are able to stay. Stay with you in step, hand in hand. God, we lift this up. We thank you so much. In your name we pray. Amen.
Thanks for joining us this week. Check back next week as we dig deeper and go further in our understanding of God's Word. Make sure to visit us on our website, www.northmaincog.org, where you can learn more about us. If you found value in today's message, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would be helpful too. Donating to the ongoing ministry of North Main is easy. Just go to our website and click on the Give tab at the top of the screen. Thanks for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week.